forgot to push the buttons this time. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our Odd Pod podcast. What's that about? A podcast that's dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. I'm Billy. And I'm Felicia. And that's all. We're done. Good night. It wasn't funny last episode. wasn't funny last season. What about the last 54 episodes? Really? That we've 54 of them? I don't know if that joke's been in all of them, but it was pretty close. <laughs> um, Yeah, welcome to season two, episode one. Episode, this is episode two. I mean, episode two. Wow. Episode Get it 55 total. That's technically insane. It's more like 53, but I'm counting the little public service announcements that we did. Oh, how yeah, do you we like shouldn't this, count those. <laughs> how do you like this setup? Uh, it's awful. I hate it. I can see that you are uh, like your volume changes whenever you turn to look at me. I'm not looking at you anymore. We will record this episode with a with a literal wall between us, and I will stare at the my notes. computer monitor. That's okay. If you don't, I, I understand. You just, just don't want to be around me. Uh, and this is probably going to be the most table bumps ever in an episode. I'm counting. I'm not moving anymore. We're going to count table bumps. So, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Well. This must be what it feels like to record remotely. Yeah, I can't imagine. People do that, though. Just looking at the wall. <laughs> I'm sure they're looking like at their computers, but I like looking in front of me is just a wall. I'm just going to put a picture of you on the wall in front of me. So oh, I can my God. We should just... Uh, so I can pretend like I'm talking to you. Let's exit what we're doing right now. We'll Zoom each other, even though we are, in fact, three feet away. No, we will not do that. Yeah, we're doing that. No. All right, signing off. Yep. Goodbye. All right, we're going <laughs> to Zoom each other. <laughs> beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop. Right, That's well, the sound Zoom makes. We're on Zoom now. I've never taken a Zoom call. That's movie magic. No, it doesn't really make that sound. I was just making something up. I've been on Zoom, and you know what? Not impressed. Really? I feel like Skype is better. I've Skyped. I mean, like you can maybe do extra things on Zoom, but my experience has been that Zoom's connection's not super reliable. Uh, maybe it's better now. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Real no offense, Zoom. Yeah, I was like, I'm just like <laughs> shit on Zoom. Um, so like I'm finally back doing my own episode. Wow. A redo episode. We're redoing an episode? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. He lied. He lied. Um, we're kicking it back to episode three. Which one's that? Um uh well it was Evenings with Elena. Ooh, that was a good one. I, I think loved- that was also the one with the most mouse sounds in it. Well, that's the one that started the mouse sounds. That was our first episode with our new microphones. Yeah. It only took us three episodes to get new shit. We ordered them. I think you ordered them before we started recording. Oh, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> I got forethought like that. But so like if you've been with us since the beginning, I'll remember a couple of things. Yeah, but apparently there, I've been lying this whole time, by the way. I, I knew exactly what we we're talking about. Um... Which I'm using as a disclaimer for my following statement where apparently there's going to be some new stuff that we haven't heard before in here. Right. I, I'm hoping I... At least that you haven't heard on this podcast. I got home today and started having anxiety and I was like, did I just write the same episode all over again? You know what? It'll sound better. <laughs> I'll be like, it 
sounds better, but it's not as funny. You guys need to go back to your roots. <laughs> um, so, if you've kidding. been with us since the beginning, um, you'll know how punchable my face is because we were having like the most cringe conversation. Were we? Yeah. What was it about? Just like, I think we were talking about a hurricane and like, it was just like unnecessary. Oh, like nobody wow. cared. And I think it was because like I hadn't gotten comfortable like no talking did, you know what it, you can really like if you listen from the beginning you can really tell the difference between like oh my god we're doing a podcast what do we say and now we're like you know it's like a weekly thing we're kind of getting into a groove you know yeah i also called myself countess von fifi well another punchable moment that's your um official title so why are you well i thought about buying like the square foot of land in scotland <laughs> so i could be a countess um but listen that I wasn't that long ago so don't more... pretend like it's been forever we are still those people i know um like uh, he mentioned uh episode three was the start of our weird sound debacle and we just got new mics the wireless mouse was freaking out the sounds because apparently Billy can't keep his hand off of it. I know, dude. It's like it's a real struggle. Like even right now, it's off. I just want to touch it and move it around. Um, but it was also before I figured out how to let the sound track. Yeah. And I kept scrolling over to to follow the wave pattern. Is what it was. Um, and then thank fun God, Jesus oh, Christ. Well. <laughs> fun fact: This is the only episode that my notes have gone missing on. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? They're not anywhere. They're gone. I know. That's crazy. They are gone. Lost somewhere. I don't know. Which is weird because, you know, if you go on Google Docs, you can search and it'll search all your... Docs? Uh, like, no, well, yeah, obviously, but like <laughs> all your accounts that are linked, it'll yeah. search it and then to open it you, or to edit it, you just have to, um, you know, log I looked on my Outlook drive, but yeah, which is not my Google Drive. It's gone not there it's not on google docs it's not on my phone it's not on like my laptop i searched everything it's just gone now i don't know man that's good though it's like a brand new episode all over again well i'll just delete that other episode no i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't want to anger people who have been here since the beginning yes. if they exist which i have a i have a sneaking suspicion they do exist because there's like a and almost like usually there's like an average number that's very similar week to week on Podbean that shows like how many people have downloaded. Our analytics. Um, But on the 29th, I think, it just went, fuck, I don't know what the hell happened that day. Somebody just binge listened. Yeah, Good somebody on you. just uh, experienced the podcast <laughs> and really went hard. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, thank I'll tell you. tell you what really happened is they fell asleep and couldn't turn it off. Yeah, maybe. That's okay. Right, um, analytics so, don't know. <laughs> what do you remember about that episode? Um, this ain't the dude who put the phone in the in the sarcophagus, is it? It is. It is that sarcophagus. dude. Sarcophagus. Okay. My goodness. Whatever, man. What's it called? Casket. No. Coffin. No. Mausoleum. Yeah, there you go. Those three things are not the same thing. Coffin and a. You casket. said sarcophagus, so like. Okay, well, my bad. I was thinking of like the brick structure. <laughs> Mausoleum. Whatever, dude. If you're going to bully me. Is that the only thing you remember? We're doing this a third time. I'm being, there's too much bullying. This <laughs> is an anti-bullying show. Next time you're doing it. I'm doing it next time. And I'll call it whatever the fuck I want. Sarcophagus. <laughs> shwim shwam. Shwim shwam. 
He put the telephone in the shwim Yeah, he put the telephone in the shwim shwam. No, but he did put oh, something in a shwim shwam. We won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, I remember there may or may not have been a vagina tube or something. Uh, I'm there's like less fucked up shit to remember. Oh, our old friend tuberculosis. Yeah. Should I just keep going? You um, want me just tell you everything I remember? I'll do the episode. Yeah. Once okay. upon a time, a long time ago, there was a person named Count Chocula, and he was oh, a okay, serial okay. mogul. Oh my goodness! But okay, the no, fact there was good, a tuberculosis good. outbreak <laughs> in the cereal factory, and one we're good beautiful young lady <laughs> who was actually a marshmallow picker. <laughs> Stop. Uh, she picked the marshmallows and put them in the box. Okay, we're good. I'll I'll tell the story. Was ravaged by I'll tuberculosis. T- I'll tell the story. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to hear my story? All right. <laughs> well, I did do more research on it, and mm. it got better. Weird. The research got better? Yeah. Crazy, man. You read like a whole book. I, I read a whole book. Not that like you read a whole book. I mean like in like two days, you read a whole, like a, a book about Count Chocula. It's weird what you can do when you set your I know, mind crazy. to it. I should read more. Um, so, like, if you were thinking about clicking off, maybe don't. They came for the Count Chocula story, and now they're clicked off. Turns out, lots of information in the book. It's weird. You know, books do that. Yeah. Um. So the book I read was um The Lost Diary of Count Von Kossel, and I listened to part of an audiobook called Undying Love. Um, both are related. Undying love. Yeah. Um, the Lost Diary of Count von Kossel is supposedly written by our man Carl himself. Although Carl I would have to himself. believe that it's written in like a biased language. So We call that the unreliable narrator. Actually, that's not what an unreliable narrator is really. But if he's the narrator and he's unreliable in like, you know, I think it, it was like his Lost Diary. I feel like part of it had been like a little bit fabricated, maybe like a little... Um, embellished yeah he gave it the l ron hubbard treatment <laughs> so um but like take i, I you can kind of tell so just take some of it with a grain of salt okay so sit back and let the stories of the real life corpse bride lull you into your day or to sleep or, whatever i didn't want to make assumptions <laughs> i just like you know well it is 5 a.m right now if you're i mean if you're listening to this when it came out the minute it comes out, it'll Which be 5 some people do. But Currently, it, it's 8 p.m. at night. Right now, though, you, the listener, in the future. And in the past. It's 5 a.m. It's 8 p.m. Not in the past. There's no listeners in the past. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, if you'll remember, we start our story with a dude named Carl Tanzler. Carl Tanzler. Uh, Mr. Tanzler, if you're nasty. Well, he spells it with a K. Katanzler. Well, he... He was oh, Carl, Carl with a K. <laughs> Did you really think it was K Tansler? For a minute, Katanzler? yeah. For a second, yeah, I did. <laughs> Carl Katansler. Carl with a K, Tansler, spelled K-A-R-O, was born on February 8th, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. What? You know what today is? February the 8th. 
Yeah, it is February the 8th. Today's February the 8th. Happy birthday, oh Carl. God. Happy birthday, Mr. Katanzler. Katanzler. So um, I did a millennial thing did and looked up his... this? Yes, I did. Really? <laughs> well, I was like, we have to record on Tuesday. Oh, that's why we... Well, I, just, I thought it was because of my schedule. I see the real reason now. So I was like, um, I looked up his birthday horoscope. Yeah, okay. Let's hear it. A certain spookiness is evident in the personality of Aquarians born on February 8th. They have a powerful life force with the evidence of psychic awareness. Although they may appear almost sphinx-like in their emotional isolation, they are intense. Wow. That's pretty descriptive of what we know of Mr. Katanzler. Yeah. Or what he thinks of himself, anyway. Yeah. Um. Is Now, is that the horoscope from the actual day that he was born? Oh, no. Or that was from today? I couldn't find a Tiger Beats magazine from that far. <laughs> is that from Tiger Beat? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, Carl, as a kid, he was very scholarly. He said his boyish interests were electricity, chemical exper- experiments, flying machines, astronomy, and phenomenons with in the universe. Wow. He's the real life Dr. Frankenstein, basically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. Obsessed with electricity. <laughs> It's kind of weird that he was like, I'm very much interested in electricity. I love, elect- if there's one, th- there's two things I love, electricity and. Electricity accessories. And lightning. And, and electricity accessories, yes. Um, love a good socket cover. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, really gets me moist. Ew. <laughs> He's a weirdo. You're a weirdo. He probably says things like moist. Do we have to? T- do I need to bring? No, up we don't. Okay. Um. So okay. he wasn't super into the whole paranormal thing, which is weird for reasons we'll get into right now. Um. So remember how? What? Sorry. Just nothing. Continue. No, you're gonna explain yourself. Well, I was just laughing at your face when I said the word moist. Mm. So remember how in my other episode I said he also went by Count von Kozel? Yes, with a K. <laughs> No, Causal will see. Oh, okay. Um, so he said he grew up in a castle out in the country. Um, because of course he did. And that castle had the reputation of being haunted by a white woman. Okay, like a woman in white, or I'm she was the ghost of like a white a wo- person. Well, obviously it's in Germany. It's gonna be a ghost of a white person. <laughs> uh <laughs> I would guess that she's probably also dressed in white. They made no other descriptions other than she was being haunted by a white woman. It looked like this white lady. Okay. And this was like in the 1800s? When was he born? No, it wasn't that long ago. He was born in like 1877. Okay, so like early 1900s. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry. So like, you know, just like what every haunted castle needs is a woman in white. Um, Yeah. She was said to appear from time to time during the past two centuries. And the ghost was supposedly his ancestor, Countess Causal. Ah, yeah. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Um, Who died in 1765. Gotcha. So we're going to hear more about her later. Okay. Okay. Um, in high school, he was still very much into flying machines, so he just casually built a hand glider. Casually? Did Casu- he use it? Yeah. Wow, did it. And I'm assuming since he lived long enough to be this infamous person. He didn't die. He did so. not die. <laughs> All right, successful. Um, like a regular little Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> He's like, he would take it to the park and like try to fly it and then like, some people were making fun of him, so he started doing it at night. Oh, wow. That's safe. Just a weird little kid. He's like, uh, oh, here comes, uh, what's his name? Gertrude is making fun of me again. What's the what's his name? 
Catassel. Catassel. What's his last name? Tansler. Tansler. Here comes Catansler with his dang old flying machine again. That's how they talk in Germany. Is it? I tell you what, Gertrude, that dang old boy gonna bring his dang hang glider to the park. What Germany are you from? South Germany. No. Um. <laughs> so he wrote in college that he had converted the living room of his mother's home into a high voltage electricity laboratory. What? They have like a, I'm just imagining like a big ass Tesla coil. I couldn't even room. imagine what he had in there. <laughs> it's just a bunch of shit plugged into one power. What strip. is a high voltage electricity laboratory? <laughs> telling you, it's just like one overloaded socket. <laughs> it's a toaster and oven a at this point because it's 1870. Yeah. yeah. In their garden hall, he had converted it into a workshop where he built a boat and two hot air balloons. A boat? Yeah. Ah. And two hot air balloons. Wow. Um, which he said that he made his mother and her, like, helper, servant lady, mm. like, hand sew right. out oh. of silk. Oh, he made them. I thought you were going to say he made it for them. He made them sew them out of silk. Yeah. That sounds hard. He's, like, obsessed with silk. Can't okay? silk, like, stop arrows? Can it's it? got to be hard to, um, well, like, I know... As luxurious was, as they make silk out to be, I can only imagine that it's just very warm. I'm pretty sure uh, that I think it was Japanese soldiers used to wear silk under their armor because the combination, the silk would stop the arrow. Oh, I bet it's a very and tough And then they fabric. could just pop it out. Yeah. Just like that? Yep, just like that. Okay. Well, so uh, Carl didn't smoke, he didn't drink, and he really had no interest outside of science, music, and paintings. Okay. Um, by the time he had finished college, at the age of 24, he had degrees as Master of Arts in Medicine, in Philosophy, Mathematics, Physics, Chemistry, and had, like, passed nine other major tests Right. to do things, I'm sure. Okay. So, Carl's... Science things. Science. Like, he's smart. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to give him, like, take that away from him. Maybe that's the problem, you know? <laughs> he's too smart. He's just a loon. He's just, like, too smart. He kind of... I don't know. Uh, continue. Okay, so Mr. Causal is doing his thing as an adult, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's working in his home. It's late. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Um, right. He noticed out of his peripherals um, that a pencil that had been lying on the table was like slowly moving across it. Uh-oh. And when he looked at it head on, it stopped. Weird. Funny how that works. Weird. Um <laughs> And then when he looked away, it started doing it again. Now, okay, I got to imagine that Catassel is on like his fourth bag of pizza rolls. What time is it? Like 2 a.m.? It's 11 o'clock at night. 11 p.m. And now he's got dancing pencils two right and now. a half bags of pizza roll. He's pizza drunk. That's what it is. He's seeing shit. Okay, well, our man Causal is like a man of science. And he was like, lost hmm. in the sauce. He goes, weird. And doesn't pay like any attention to it. Right. And like, he's like. Mm, that's mm. not real. Um, so that science would imply that this is in this is not real. Yeah, science would imply that that's not happening. Um, right. if I look away, the pencil isn't there. It's Schrodinger. Yeah, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he like doesn't pay it any attention, and then the pencil starts performing. Like what? Um, it like does, a jazz number? It does like a few somersaults and flies down the hallway. Spirit fingers. <laughs> jazz hands. Yeah. Um, a matchbox that was also on the table started walking. It started singing. 
And it was Rob Thomas's voice coming out of it. I was like, I don't want to be lonely no more. <laughs> um, and then the matchbox threw itself down the hallway along with books and what I imagined to be the worst adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. These are like the most dramatic inanimate objects. Like, oh, you don't want to you don't want to watch my performance? Fine. And just yeets themselves down the hallway. Like, I'm leaving. Woo! Woo! Same like books started doing that. And then like the table started gyrating. Whatever <laughs> that means. <laughs> it's a table. It can only do so much. <laughs> he said at this point he had to get out of the giant. way because he was afraid he, like he was actually gonna get hurt. <laughs> Um, I ca- a kerosene lamp that was doing the most and caught the curtains on fire, even though it wasn't actually lit. Weird how that works. Um, but it didn't actually even do any damage. It was just hot. I don't know. Ghost fire. Yeah, ghost fire. Yeah. Um. Hot. So while all that was happening, um, like his equipment starts doing things. Like his science equipment. Yeah. Okay. Which science equipment that I'm still not sure of. Um. And then next thing you know, that's how you get flubber. Oh, while all this is happening, Carl is like, um, I'm not afraid. And he thought that it was like a prank or something. Yeah, from one of his many friends. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he's like checking the windows, he's checking the doors, um, and like the room that he came from with the dancing, uh, gyrating table. (laughs) He goes back to that room and like- Table still gyrating. (laughs) Yeah. One of his mercury pumps actually ended up getting smashed, and this made him so upset because he was like, "I'm fine with the table, you know, You're gyrating." gyrating. <laughs> Who am I to stand in the way of, of a, a gyr- table and a, and its need to gyrate? Yeah, so honestly. like, it's um, like a dancing plague on a whole new level. So he was mad because like his mercury pump got smashed, and I imagine that was not easy to come by. Um, so he goes. If this, by any chance, is the spirit of Countess Anna who perpetrates all of this, please give me a prompt answer. And she's like, so up, dog, it's me, Count. <laughs> and then everything stopped. Countess Cassell. <laughs> so, like, everything just stopped. Weird. Uh, weird. It's like, so the table wasn't gyrating after all? It was a ghost? Oh, my God, like, it stopped. Oh, my God. Um, And that was, like, the end of that. Wow. Just like that. And so, like, the next day, he's, like, telling his mom, like, what happened. And she's not even, like, a little bit surprised. She's like, hmm, that sometimes happens. That sounds like your auntie. <laughs> she was literally was like, um, yeah, that that sounds... I thought I heard something, but I didn't think to come check on you at all. Yeah, you know, people don't think it'd be like that, but it do. Well, that sounds like my mom would be like, I thought I heard something. Well, I thought I heard something, but you know. But there wasn't screaming, so I didn't feel like right. I needed to come. So, <laughs> uh, a few nights later, Carl says that he wakes up and it's like two in the morning. Wow. Um, and standing by his bed are two women. Um, a tall lady with snow white hair. She looks kind of like a painting of Countess Anna that they had, and the other one is like hiding behind her. Like high, like. Hiding, like purposely like, hiding, or she just happened to be standing like there. Like purposely hiding, like she was shy. Oh, she's shy. She's so shy. She's and the lady like, goes, "Not a lot of social interaction in the Count Chocula cereal factory." <laughs> and the lady goes, "I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty." <laughs> That's not what I thought you were gonna say. 
Um, sorry. She goes, I've been trying to attract your attention for quite some time, but you wouldn't take note. Look here, Carl. I've brought you the bride you will someday meet. Yeah, Carl. I've been trying to talk to you. You think tables just fucking gyrate on their own, dude? Pay attention. He's like, you haven't been paying attention to me at all. You've been so engrossed in your studies. You haven't noticed me do one goddamn thing. But like, here's the thing, though. She says that, but he was like, hey, if it's you, let me know. And then what happened? She didn't let him know. Yeah, well, you know. She waited. They're both at fault. There's a communication issue right here. Yeah, yeah, you know. Honestly, communication is important in a family as well, not just in a romantic relationship. <laughs> so um, uh, she like brings out the shy girl. This girl is framed in like long, dark black hair. She's young. She's got a great smile. She's ethnic. Like just everything Carl loves. Yeah. Basically. She's really like hit like all the ding, 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 ding. Just checking a lot of boxes. Hitting all those bells for Carl. Right. And like. That was that. He said, like, he fell asleep. He was happy. He was at peace. Um, that was it. That's it. Yeah. So then, um, Carl <clears> does <throat> some he... traveling. I think Carl had a wet dream that night. <laughs> can we just, can we, oh, wow. I just woke up at peace. I felt so great. It's like a brand new day. Let's continue. Are can we move on from you, this, please? Or is it okay to move on? Or yes. do you want to hold on to this? I mean, we can talk more about it if you want. I don't. To. Okay. Anyway, so Carl does some traveling. <laughs> All right. Um, and he's hanging out in a cemetery in Genoa, Italy. Sure, sounds good. Does that sound Italian enough? Mm, yeah. I'm sorry, I still can't speak English or Italian. She's, yeah, I was gonna say you can't <laughs> speak English because you can't pronounce an Italian city. And so, like, he's hanging out in the cemetery. As you do. Um, as one does. And then he finds himself in front of like this exquisite marble statue of an extremely beautiful girl that looks just like one of the two women he had woken up to that night. Which one? Um, His bride. Whoa. Okay. So the girl, um, the, the girl's name that was buried there was Elena. Okay. And she had died when she was only 22. Weird. Weird. And the statue had like, to, like looked just like just like her did he time travel i don't know okay so in 1914 1914 in 1914 he did a stint in trial bay concentration camp because we're entering like the the first world war and uh he was living in like uh the uk at the time and they deemed it better for him to hang out in the concentration camp so it was like a British concentration camp. Yeah. Like where they, they were at war with Germany, so they're like, uh, we're going to put all the Germans in a camp. Two seconds. Let me figure out where Trial Bay concentration camp was so I can like really- So it's, it's like an internment camp like the yeah. US did to the Japanese. Pretty much. Weird. Trial Bay concentration camp. Uh, Yeah. No, it's in Australia. Oh, Australia. Weird. Yeah. He did hang out in Australia, so sent too. Him to Australia. Somebody sent him to Australia. He was in the concentration camp. Well, it wouldn't be the first time the British sent people to Australia. Woo. Okay. Um, so. For crime, I mean. <laughs> <clears throat> he was there for like four years. After that, it's like 1918. There's not a whole lot going on in the world for him. He's a German. They're not exactly in the public. Yeah, they, kinda, they got like kind of a bad reputation going on. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like a, like a, a weirdo scientist. Like they're like, hmm. Best not. Sorry. Oh. It's hot up in here. Sorry. Fun fact. 
while he was in the concentration camp, he built a like an organ piano. Yeah. Out of like <laughs> debris that he found on the beach. Wow. Like what is Carl? I like that you specified a piano because like well, as like an organ. I was picturing him making like a kidney out of drift. Well, considering considering like what we're gonna like what this whole episode is about, I felt the need to just doing it. It wasn't just an <laughs> organ; it was a piano. Uh, um. So in 1920, Carl would go on to work. Mary Doris Schaefer. They had two children. Aisha, I forgot he was married. Yeah. Isn't yeah. That the, the weird part. Um. Aisha Tansler and Clarissa Tansler. And Clarissa was the one that who died of diphtheria. Oof. But before she did, she explained it all. We loved recycled jokes. Did I use that joke in the last one? Oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I'm original, damn it. <laughs> I'm original. So, like, Carl didn't have too much going on for him in Europe, like I said. So he decides to migrate or immigrate to the U.S. Okay. Um, Do we need to pause to discuss the difference between migration and immigration? I know what they are. Okay. Birds migrate. Gotcha. (laughs) People immigrate. (laughs) All right. Let's continue. I'm glad you answered. I was curious. I know. I can't remember. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess you could like. I'm fairly certain migration is temporary. Yeah. Anyway, let's continue. I don't need to be emailed about that either. Email. No. So um, in 1926, he sails from Rotterdam to Havana, Cuba on February 6th and lands there smack dab in the middle of Carnival. Nice. What year was this in Cuba? 1926. Okay. Um, And like he loved the atmosphere and he kind of gets the feeling that he might find his long lost bride in this crowd. Oh, like he was supposed to take the the ferry the next morning, so but he was like, mm, "I'm gonna stay for a while." I'm gonna stay. It's the, it's so festive. Yeah, so he stayed for a while. Um, he didn't have much luck, so he decided to move on to Florida. March first, nineteen twenty six, from Cuba, he settles in Zypress Hills, Florida, where his sister had already immigrated and was later joined by his wife and two daughters. But Carl decided that he like needed to make a living, so he moved singularly to uh key west oh so wait hold on his wife and children moved to the states to be with him yeah and he's like you know what i'm just gonna go to key west by myself yeah okay. he moved six hours away to key west all right well i can't imagine that mrs katanzler was cool with that they don't talk about her too much <laughs> she's just a blip in this story a little blip so he would take a job as a radiology technician in the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida, under the name Carl von Kausel. Um, and this is where he also started going by Count von Kausel, Dr. Count von Kausel, not a doctor. If Dr. Professor Count von Kausel, Mr. Dr. Professor Count von Kausel. Not a doctor. Right. This is when he started lying to people. Yeah. Well, so he's like, well, he's he, probably, well, he thought he was a doctor. Sorry, sir. You're x-ray technician i didn't know you could think you're a doctor and be a doctor that's pretty cool i I think i'm a doctor (gasps) i'm sure he i'm sure he he uh, he, the way he talks in the book he was like us doctors and i was like dude you're not a doctor as a doctor so he was an x-ray tech 
Yeah. Or and like a radiology it. tech. But like. And he thought he was a doctor. He, thought, he assumed he was a doctor. <laughs> Maybe that's how it worked in like. I know, you know, His at some small point, town in Germany I'm that he like, came at from. At some point, one thing you needed to do was like be able to stomach the sight of blood, and they were like, boom, doctor. Right. Well, that's fair. I mean, there was a time in history, and I want to say it was a little bit before the 20s, when it really, <laughs> I don't feel like it took a whole lot to be a doctor. Well, right. Like, have you seen an old man cut a body open? I have. Welcome aboard, doctor. Those are those because like barbers used to be considered doctors. Yeah. In fact, they were, they did like dentistry and shit for a long time yeah that's what the red on the pole means whoa it's blood from your teeth because they yanked them out and i think yeah actually uh i'm pretty sure just a fun fact in older versions of sweeney todd i'm pretty sure it's mentioned of him being a dentist as well really i could be making that up or getting like two different stories confused but i want to say there was some mention of dentistry. Anyway, you know what? That's probably not true. Forget it. Um. So, it was on the fateful day of April 22nd, 1930, that Carl would meet Maria Elena Milagros de Hoyos. And doves flew and trumpets flared and... Phlegm. Phlegm. Bloody sputum. She had tuberculosis, yes. right? Yeah. So, um, this is the exact quote as I read in my last episode that Carl wrote in his little diary. Okay. Um, he said, "In the middle of my routine work, I received a call from the head office to go take blood to, to go take a blood test from a young senorita who, <laughs> as an outpatient, had come for an examination." I hardly looked at the patient as I entered the room. The first thing I noticed of her personality as I bent down to take a drop of blood from one of her fingertips rather than one of her ears, which was too exquisitely lovely to mar. I don't know what mar means. Like um, scar, oh, disfigure. I'm glad you knew. Yeah. I could have looked it up, but I chose not to. It's okay. I it got was you. A, that was a choice that I made. I got your back. Um, <laughs> um, that her hand was unusually small. Its long tapering fingers was the loveliest I had ever seen. As the needle struck, <laughs> the hand twitched a little, and it was then from my kneeling position I raised my head for the first time to say, I'm sorry to have caused you pain. Forgive me, please. I looked up and looked into the face of unearthly beauty, the face of a dream and visions promised to me by my ancestors 40 years before. I was so thunderstruck I hardly heard her saying, It didn't hurt much. Excuse my nervousness. Her voice was soft and sweet and childlike. It reminded me of mockingbirds singing in spring. Now, there's a reason her voice was childlike. Because she was a child. Because she was an actual child. Also, <laughs> can we just back up for a second? I'd like to point out the fact that he said, the first thing I noticed about her personality was her small ass head. Was, <laughs> was not a personality trait. Nothing to do with personality. <laughs> the first thing I noticed about her personality was her childlike tiny head and her Tiny hands. Oh, hands. Hands. I thought he said head for some reason. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why is he? He's like, oh my God. a really tiny head. One thing I love is a lady with a tiny head. With a big chest and a teeny tiny head. Just a (laughs) big booty, small head. (laughs) My big booty, small head girlfriend. Big booty, small head girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We have fun. Homeboy was so over the moon that he wasn't even certain that like he, 
he was having like was he hallucinating was he having a dream he's like i must be hallucinating because like, i've never seen such a, an exquisite tiny head before it's so tiny and beautiful by the time he had gotten back to his lab he still had that little vial of red blood uh-oh and that's like the only reason he's like oh yeah she's real cool <laughs> Right, oh, so cool. He's like, it's oh, cool. not yeah, ghost she, blood. Sweet. So, she, she is real. Cool. Um, so like, let me confirm. She was real. Okay. So she was real. In fact, she was real. Despite her weird proportions. Yeah. Um, and like, unfortunately, when he was doing her paperwork, he realized that she had a missus. Oh, no. Before her name. So she was, in fact, married to someone else. Someone else who I don't think really comes up um, in the story other than the fact that he's married to her, right? Well, we're going to talk about it in just a second. Okay. Um, so, for Elena, was Drop Dead Gorgeous? Do you remember? I remember uh, mentioning that she was beautiful, yes. She's gorgeous. Very pretty. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, she was considered like the town beauty. Ah, Okay. Elena was born on July 31st, 1909, to a local cigar maker, Francis, Francisco Pancho Hoyos, and her mom, Aurora Milagros. She had two sisters, Florinda uh, Hoyos, they called Nana, and Celia Milagros Hoyos. Um, Nana married Mario Mandina, and he comes up later, so that's the reason why I felt it important to bring okay. him up. Um. On February 18th, 1926, Elena would marry Louis Mesa. Elena would go on to suffer a miscarriage of the couple's child. And Louis left Elena after that and moved to Miami. But they never actually got a divorce. He's just an asshat. We give him zero stars. Oh, sounds familiar. Um, so wait, she's not a child. She's like a person. She's an, an adult. Well, at this point, she's like... 20, 19, 20. Okay, so she's like a baby. But she's like she's, a baby adult. But she's an adult. She's like a new adult, basically. Baby okay. adult. All right, just checking, because like the the timeline wasn't matching up in my head. Like, who's this 12-year-old having babies? But I was, like a, <laughs> I was like looking at that. I was like, she was like 15, but she was like. Well, that dude, I mean, I don't know. Uh, she's young. Fortunately, that was more of a thing in the past and less of a thing now. I yeah. Think. As far as it being like a common acceptable practice. Yeah, I think she was like 16 when she's like getting married. Okay. I think. Yeah. If my math serves me correct. Let's not do math. <laughs> so um, anyway, we don't, we're not fans of Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Fuck Lewis. I hope he's having fun in Miami. He's dead now. Syphilis. So, syphilis. <laughs> he probably got TB too. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, But um, so Atlanta's family was like on the poor side. They lived in a small and dilapidated home, but they were doing all right for themselves. They were doing their best. I mean, I imagine until our old pal tuberculosis moved in. Well, unfortunately for Elena, she had contracted tuberculosis. Yeah. I don't know what gave it away. Those are not great conditions to live in with someone who has tuberculosis. Yeah. Well, at the time, um, I looked it up because I was like, what was TB like in the 1930s? Um, At the time, it was slowing down like in cases, but it was still... Very much running rampant in like poor, small, crowded neighborhoods. And it was still like the pretty one... fatal, right? Like yeah. Nowadays they do a pretty good job of keeping it in check. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
not so much then, I don't so, think. Unfortunately, Elena did live in a small, poor, crowded neighborhood. Um, and Carl told her and her family that he was going to do everything in his power to get her well again. That was... And- sorry, if you're listening with ear- earbuds. My bad. <laughs> and then after that, she would be his bride. Forever. And Elena, who was still very much about being alive, was like, yeah, sure, okay. Hey, whatever, dude. You had me at alive. <laughs> you had me at, I get to be alive. Right. Um, and Carl was, like, very sincere in wanting to help her. He wanted to heal her. Um, so, and he got permission from her parents to do, like, some unorthodox treatments. Yeah, he did. Wink. Stop it. Um, those treatments <laughs> included, like, x-ray treatments, because I don't know you're going to see the TB leave. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you get like a picture of your lungs, you can see TB. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what is that going to do besides? Oh, there it is. It's, I mean, it's just going to confirm what you already know that you have tuberculosis. It's not it's actually going to do shit. Yeah. He'd give her like tinctures and potions, and I don't know kale. Really? Yeah, that was a joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she tried yoga. Potions, raw kale, uh, all a 100% bell pepper diet. She like showed her butthole to the sun. I don't know. Yeah. It'll actually make you grow taller if you do that. Yeah? Yeah, we're basically plants. <laughs> we can only photosynthesize in our butts. Weird. Yeah. Is that, weird. Why, is that why you're That's why kid? these things grew when they had shit on top of them and they were in this enclosed environment. You're going to need to elaborate what that is because you just said, that's why this shit grew when it was in this stupid environment. I didn't say stupid. Well, there were some bell pepper seeds that I guess were, th- there's like grow lamps in here that haven't been turned on. I guess we thought they were dead because the other ones had mold. Yeah. But lo and behold, they sprouted right up. Yeah. Like the one pepper I was that was the least excited about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So um, he bought a ton of medical equipment for treatments like radiation, electrotherapy. Um, he really, it, it seems like in my head, he was just like throwing stuff at the wall, kind of like seeing what would stick. Right. Anything, please. Just like tinctures, kale, electrotherapy, <laughs> bell peppers, yogurt, yeah, <laughs> probiotics, that doo doo yogurt that the one lady from Halloween sells, Activia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so like during the day, Carl was doing his thing at his day job at the hospital. He'd have his evenings with Elena, <laughs> and, <laughs> and all the time that he wasn't pining over Elena, he spent on the completion of an aeroplane. What? Oh, shit. Because he was obsessed with flying machines. Right. So he, he was building an airplane. Um, and he said that when he was done with the airplane and that Elena had regained her health, this plane would take Elena and him to the South Sea Island in Australia. And he and Elena would spend their honeymoon there. Right. right. He's in Florida. Yeah, that tiny plane is definitely going to make it to <laughs> You're Australia. You're not making it to Australia. Um, I, I remember in the, the first time we talked about this, there being mentioned that he was building an airplane, but I don't remember us talking about his obsession with flying machines. Not so even. now it makes it makes more so sense much now, more doesn't sense. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Just felt so random the first time, you know. Like, what the fuck did he get an airplane for? <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um. So like when Elena turned the ripe old age of twenty one, uh, oh, he bought her a <laughs> wine cooler. Carl bought her what he had hoped to be an engagement ring. And he hid them in a bouquet of roses. And he brought her cake. He got her wine. Um, after, it must be like a nice evening. And, yeah, right. Uh, and after that, 
He would bring her fruit. He bought her medicinal wine. Hey. I don't know what medicinal wine is. It's like uh, lean. <laughs> <laughs> it's grape juice and, uh, and cough, <laughs> cough syrup. syrup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Carl would shower Elena with lavish gifts. He bought her silk dresses. He loved silk. Um, he gave her like a big radio. Um, a big ass radio. Can you imagine? It's not a gramophone. It's like an actual radio. Yeah, he got her a radio. I'm picturing like, you know, the pre-TV like images you see where people are like sat around a radio listening to a radio show. Yeah. I'm picturing something like that. That's what I'm imagining. That was, that's what, three? Not too bad. That's all you, too. I know. Legitimately, I have not moved. You slammed your fist on the table earlier. I did that on, with purpose, though. I know, but it counts. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Um, it counts. He gave her like a carved rose made out of pink coral and a gold chain. Whoa. Um, Big he ballin'. He wrote, wrote her love letters. He bought her jewelry. He gave her perfume. And she was just like, cool, man. She was like, she's 21. Like, like she loved this. Oh, okay. It's like, can we talk about me being alive, though? I mean, like, he's he's treating, well, treat, quote, unquote, treating her at the same time. Right. He's, he's like, into, so, she, so she's into it. Like, she's loving the gifts and stuff. She's from a poor neighborhood. Right. There's an old guy showering her with presents. Like, what's not to like? I'm saying, an old guy could shower me with presents. I'd be cool with it. Same. Same. Billy's also cool with me receiving presents from old men, okay? Right. We have a like a sugar daddy clause in our, uh, our relationship. relationship. <laughs> if you want to, you know. I'm available. Give, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not. Anyway. Wait, I'm not like half joking. My, I'm, not I'm not trying to pimp my wife out. I'm just saying if you want to <laughs> buy her a present, go for it. <clears throat> um. So uh, when his like her parents were getting upset about like the power bill because like he's running like an x-ray machine and like electroshock therapy <laughs> what the hell it's like this bill i, I can only have... imagine it was extreme yeah i wish that came up like somewhere like how much the power bill was let's not even talk about the long distance calling i mean <clears throat> <laughs> so he offered to pay for electricity that he's using to power the x-ray machine so he's living with them he's like not living with them but he's his just machines like, are there yeah okay for some reason, I thought that he had moved them into his house at some point. We'll get there. Oh, sorry. Um. So, like, at this point, her family is, like, really over this, like, white dude obsessing over their daughter. Right. And they're, like, starting to push back because they kind of, like, Elena's, like, feeling better. Like, she's she's fine. Right. She's living with TB. Living with, hashtag living with TB. <laughs> and also, she, um, it is kind of creepy, you know? Well, it's, like. He's not a family friend. He's just like some guy that they happenstance met at the hospital and now he's like obsessed over their daughter. Yeah. It's like, oh, we met this x-ray tech and all of a sudden he's calling himself all of a sudden Dr. He's, Count Van Kossel. He's, he's x-ray like, teching at our house. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sometimes you, you know, you should never bring your work home, but you definitely shouldn't bring it to someone else's house. That you don't know. Right. Very well. So, um. They just kind of like up and move without telling Carl because Carl is like boundaries isn't something like he knows a lot about. Right. I mean, that's the move, you know, really. Yeah. So like um, unintended. <laughs> this is like November. Um, and then the next time he would see Elena 
would be like February 2nd, 1931. Um, Elena visited him at the hospital. Now, was she there for treatment? Or was she there to visit Carl? Was she there for treatment or sweetment? <laughs> um, so then, like, Carl would spend his nights wandering the streets looking for Elena's new house. Weird. Yeah, boundaries, bro. Yeah, that's creepy. Um, and then one night, while Carl is being weird, an elderly Spanish lady calls to Carl saying that Elena's is, Elena is really sick and that she needs him right now. Um, and Elena isn't doing very well. Um, she's very sick because she has TB. Yeah, you know, that happens. Um, Carl buys her a new bed and she starts showering with gifts again. And then she feels better. And then, like, No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. So she didn't want to eat and he would like feed her like she really liked limes and he was like, limes are the cure. Limes were not the cure, bro. <laughs> Spoiler, limes were not the cure for Maybe for scurvy, but. Maybe it's just really advanced scurvy is what she had. Oh. That's why it was responding to the citrus treatment. So let's go. It's a treatment. It's a treatment. Oh, my goodness. Um, so Carl and Elena are hanging out as besties do. And Elena shows Carl her wedding photos and then asks Carl to take them away. And she said, they make me sick to look at. I do not know what folly made me marry that man. Cut him off my side. Wow. Like a lesion. Like a, like a, uh, a tumor. Yes. Remove this skin tag from my life. So essentially cutting him out of the picture. <laughs> and Carl took this as like she didn't love him anymore and of her willingness to let him take her place. Wow. He says that Elena said a little he said she said. Um, he said that she said. Um, if I must die, all I can leave you is my body for I am a sickly girl, so I can't marry you while I'm sick. But you will take care of my body after I'm dead, won't you? He, she had no idea how literally he was going to take that. Carl took this as like their wedding vows. I, I feel like if she did say that, I don't think what he did is what she meant. She's like, <laughs> hey, will you make sure like, you know, I get like a proper burial and like, you know. They don't just like throw me out in the backyard. It's like, a, you know, funerals are expensive. You got money. Just take care of it. And he's like, yes, you, she's told me I could have her body. Hmm. I'll keep it in my basement. <laughs> I'll keep it in my bed. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Carl took this very seriously. The most serious. The most seriously. Of anyone. <laughs> All I can leave you is my body. And he's like, you had me at body. Yeah, yeah sold. I'll take it. Sold. So, um, uh, well, Elena's dad would take her out of the house against Carl's wishes. Because um, Carl was like, that's not good for you, Elena. Right. Keep me a little possessive. And like, she does have TV and like, I don't know. Carl possessive? No. Everything we've learned about him leading up to this point makes that so surprising. <laughs> Ow. Four. So, um, her dad uh, takes her out on these like, like walks and like takes her out in the car. And October 16th, 1931, Elena fainted on one of these excursions and Carl got into it with Elena's dad. Oh, were there fisticuffs? No fisticuffs, but he was like very stern talking to to Elena's dad about how she can't go in the automobile. She mustn't ride in an automobile. And he was like, these trips are going to result in Elena's death. Right. Not the TB, the trips. Right. She mustn't go in an automobile. It'll exacerbate her condition. So on Sunday, October 25th, 
1931, in the early afternoon, Elena's father had taken Elena on a car ride into town. And she died. Elena dressed herself in one of her new silk dresses provided by Carl and with jewelry he had given her. And she was like just waving to all of her friends. because She probably hasn't seen them in a while because she has TB and it's right. very contagious. Probably don't want to be around them. Right. Um, and Elena would end up collapsing. And instead of her dad taking her to a hospital, her dad brought her home where she passed away in the evening. Oh, well, I mean, I guess Carl was kind of right. He was not wrong. Right. Maybe, you know, if you're with someone and they collapse and they have a, you know, a wasting sickness, maybe take them to the hospital. So Carl would find out about Elena's condition while he was finishing up at work um, by Elena's sister's husband, Mario. And Mario went up to Carl and was like, Elena has just died. Come with me. And then he jumped in a giant green pipe and said, and Carl followed him and they yeah, something like that. They got there real quick. So really, like, there wasn't anything Carl could do as a doctor. Not Mind you, he's not a doctor. He can't x-ray <laughs> someone back alive. There's nothing he could do as a doctor because he was, in fact, not um, a doctor. doctor. Um, and Carl was pissed that Elena had been taken out of, like, her nice things and placed in a shroud. And now were there fisticuffs? No fisticuffs. Okay. Um, and he demanded that she be placed in one of her silk dresses for the funeral. And Elena was buried the next day at 5 p.m. Damn, that's fast. Yeah, well, so Carl describes Elena's death as like some kind of new life for him. He was like, oh, no one can take Elena away from him now. Right. She's mine. She told me I could have her body. So like they have the And feet. I will take it. <laughs> Carl was upset, like, so, like, during the funeral, Carl was, like, really upset because she didn't have any of the jewelry that he bought her. Ooh. Somebody took it. Well, the family had it. Right. So, like, they, like, came up with, like, jewelry and was like, fine, here you go. Right. Well, I mean, like, when you give something to someone, it belongs to them now. When they die, I mean, it makes sense. The family has their possessions. I don't think it's, like, a... I don't think it was like a malicious thing. I didn't think it was shady. They're like, she's going in the dirt. We're poor. We're keeping the rings. Right. Um. So Carl's new schedule was working during the day. Uh-huh. Visiting Elena's grave site and bothering her family every night. Wow. What was he bought? Was it like about her possessions and stuff or? Well, like that came up, but he was like, um, I feel close to Elena here in her room that she died in. Um, I'm going to hang out here. Hey, guys, you cool if I just, like, uh, you know, just do old, weird, white dude shit in here for a little while? Carl, like, basically moves into her room. (laughs) Yikes. And, like, they had, like, a whole, like, carfuffle with, like, the furniture that he had bought for Elena. Because they were like, we burned everything. And he was like, well, if you burnt it, you're going to have to pay for it because it's all on loan. I mean, it makes sense that they burnt it, though. Well, they didn't. (laughs) They said that they brought it back. Oh. They were like trying to get away from Carl. Carl's being weird. Like they can't even get rid of him after Elena has died. Right. Um, and like Carl is like super concerned about her gravesite, considering um Key West is wet. Yeah. Um, I have heard that. <laughs> have you? Yeah. Um, so he decides to commission a tomb for her. Mausoleum, a tomb, an ostuary. Not an ostuary. Uh, 
Key West is not huge, right? Like, it's not that big. I don't know how big Key West is. All right. And so in order for them to get started on the tomb that had disinter, they had to disinter Elena's body. Um, so they did that and the coffin had indeed been soaked by rain and partly crushed by the grave diggers that had patted down the ground too hard. Oh, that's not very good. So the inner lining of the coffin had become attached to Elena's face and body. Oh, no. Um, homegirl Elena was decaying. So, like, they basically peeled her like an orange when they... Oh, God. So, Carl started to spray Elena with, like, formalin, which is what they use to, fit like, fix wet specimens. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I it's, think It's so. a preserving agent. Yeah. And he peeled the, the cloth off Elena's face and her body, um, and he got to work removing all of the clothes that she was in. Mm-hmm. Um... She wasn't embalmed. Right. As you know. And how long had it been? Ooh, a couple of weeks, a couple right. of months. A couple of weeks in a wet-ass ground in a broken coffin. Yeah, yeah, so she, she was decaying. Probably not the best condition. <laughs> so Carl said he worked all night to clean Elena's body, and by morning she showed no outward signs of decay or odor. Um, and he started layering Elena with sterile cotton and perfume. Okay. Um, he dressed her in an elegant silk gown and for his eyes only, some beautiful silk stockings. Oh, my God. And then he placed Elena in an airtight casket and off to the tomb with her. Like it was like Snow White. Yeah. Kind of. Equally as creepy. Or no, that's sleeping. Well, you know what? Snow White's pretty creepy, too. Oh, yeah, because she got kissed like by... made out with an unconscious person. Yeah, that you found in the woods. Right. Ooh. Don't do that. Hey, don't do that. That's, That's fucked up for numerous reasons. That's not great. Every evening at sunset, Carl went to the cemetery to visit. He had electric lights installed so he could see. And then Carl said that Elena's ghost would visit him. And Carl felt very at home because this is where Elena lived. Apparently, Elena's ghost liked to play pranks on him. And whenever he proposed marriage to her, um, she like would avoid the subject. Weird. Because she's dead. Obviously. And she's just not that into you? Yeah. It's like, um, not even death. And can I get away from this weirdo? She's like, I thought this was the end. I thought we were done with this, Carl. So, 18 months after Elena's death had passed, Elena asked to go home with Carl. Wow. How did, how did he know that she had asked? Did he talk to her on the phone that he installed in her? I don't even bring that up this episode, but he's like, I know, I, I figured you wouldn't, but I was just um, letting you know that I remember things. <laughs> I, that is like the weird, he said like whenever she would start stinking up a little bit, he would sit outside and that's when he would talk to her through the telephone. Um, so Elena is like, you'll figure it out, Carl. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you, Carl. Well, like Carl, he's like, oh, Elena helped me come up with this plan to... uh, Obviously. <laughs> to get her out of the thing. So if he a finds, figment of your imagination does not believe in you, then he, you have a problem. Listen, cemetery has like a fence on it. He uh -huh. finds a wagon, a little red wagon. Yeah. Takes it to the cemetery and over the cloak of darkness during like a, a new moon type situation, he puts Elena's coffin on a wagon. I remember this. And wheels it to a house mm -hmm. that he's like renting. And it's just like the perfect uh, 
like vision in my head. So Carl takes Elena to this airplane. Uh huh. Um, and that's where he, he's basically like keeping her. Because he, like the airplane has since become something else, right? Like a a room or something, isn't it? Apparently, it's big enough that he can just like hang out in it. Yeah. So he keeps Elena in there, and like he, uh, this is where he starts. Okay, so okay. this is weird because he puts her in like this little box, and he is able to. Uh, oh God! Takes her to the airplane. He's puts her in a box, and he's like doing all these experiments on her, like trying to preserve her, and. He's soaking her in chemicals. He would feed her. Yeah. Like food. Uh-huh. And he said that like sometimes she would regurgitate it. Wonder why. Um, and he thought that all of this was like working because she had gained 60 pounds. The corpse had gained 60 the ga- pounds. The corpse had gained 60 pounds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he'd kiss her lips. Yeah. He made a wig out of her own hair when hers fell out. As you do. Yeah, casual. Um, eventually, he wasn't allowed to keep his plane behind the hospital anymore. And he had Mario, Elena's sister's husband, move the airplane to a place on South Beach where he had like his new crib. Wait, the airplane's been behind the hospital this whole time? He was allowed to keep the airplane behind the hospital. Okay, that's weird. Probably because he's a doctor. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something was like the old person in charge. Yeah. Um. So, that's like a whole ordeal. But he had like Nana, Elena's sister's husband, help him move Elena's body. Oh, the guy knew that it was the body. Uh, he, he Mario didn't know that it was in the uh airplane. Okay, okay. But it's just like weird because like here's Elena so close to somebody. They move the airplane. Um, on a September twenty eighth. 1940, the tomb in the cemetery had been broken into and the coffins had been tampered with. On the 1st of October, Nana went to Carl's to unlock... Nana went to Carl to unlock the tomb so they could check on Elena because he is the only one who had a key to the mausoleum. Right, I remember that, yeah. Um. So, Carl takes her to his house. And he's like, it's cool. And he's like, you don't need to go to the mausoleum to see Elena. She's right here. <laughs> yeah. Just casual. She's up upstairs in the bedroom. And so, like, Nana goes up there and she's like, that's not my sister. <laughs> um, so, like, Nana didn't believe her. So she called the cops and was like, hey, he's got a, he's, he's got something in his bed. I don't know what it is. It looks like a monster. Well, like, he, Elena is, like, encapsulated in this, like, like wax and plaster she looks nothing like herself. Paper mache. Pretty much. Yeah. Like uh, when her bones would pop out, he would just sew them back together with like piano wire. As you do. As like, um, you do. So Nana calls the cops. Uh huh. And the police show up and they're like, hey, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, what What is that? That's, um, that's the problem. What is that? And he's like, that's my bride, Elena. My wife. That's my bride, Elena Hoyos. And he's like, do you have the certificate that allows you to have this body? And they he gives them her death certificate. And they're like, that's not what we're talking about. There's a specific like certificate you have to file to keep corpses in your house. Yeah, apparently. 1930. Yeah, a, Casual. Oh, 27.5B authorization of corpse storage. 
And they're like, um, so we're going to have to take you in because this isn't okay. Um, not I'm, cool, Carl. <laughs> not cool, Carl. Carl, Carl that kills come on, people. Carl. Dang, Carl. And on October 5th, 1940, Carl Tanzler was arrested for maliciously demolishing and disfiguring a grave. Damn. And so ends the saga of Carl Costanza, or whatever his name is. Tanzler. Katanzler. Without a K. Just kidding. Anyway. You said with a K. Carl with a K. <laughs> he swapped it to C when he moved to the States. Americanized himself. Did he really? Yeah. I can, you know what? That makes sense. Especially, like, I'm pretty, if World War II was over, that means the Cold War had started. So, like, Carl with a K, Carl Marx, you know? Yeah, he's like, mm. So, um, they took Elena. Because uh, she did not deserve this. And they put her in a funeral home. And they pretty much put her body out on display. Right. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> we got to remove her from this because it's fucked up. But now we're going to put her out so people can come and look at her. Yeah. Well, yep. So I think her family took her. They put her in unmarked graves. And it, she, like, so this could just like actually come to an end at this point. So eventually the family did get the body back. Right. Right. And they like, unmarked graves so Carl can't get her. So people can't visit her. Like they, they were over it. Right. Which I, I do not blame them. That is very fair. The unmarked part was smart, though. You know, like not a people, not a lot of people, I think, would have thought of that. Right. Like, okay, we're just gonna move her. Come back, it's gone again. Damn it, Carl! <laughs> Damn, Carl! <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately for well, unfortunately, fortunately for Carl, um. I mean, unfortunately for Carl, probably uh, fortunately for everyone else involved. Yeah. Fortunately for Carl, unfortunately for the family, the statue of limitations for this crime had actually like surpassed and he only had to pay like a thousand dollar fine. Oh, so that is very fortunate for Carl. Yeah. Dang, yeah. dude. He kept the body so long that the statute of limitations ran out. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. He had the body for like seven years. Still though, a thousand dollars, I mean probably a lot at the time jesus i mean not for plane fucking plane owning airplane building fucking carl yeah i don't know what Car carl make, was had way too much money for his own he good, came I from think. a rich family is that right yeah i think so maybe he's like a little trust fund baby just doing whatever he's like a little trust fund baby I mean, like you know whatever nothing wrong with that if that i'm just saying maybe don't you know keep Steal and keep corpses. You can find better uses for your money, guys. Come on. <laughs> um, so, Von Kozel ends his diary on a hopeful note. Um, from darkness to light. Mm. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's the whole quote? It's ex tenebris legum. Oh. Latin. He's a smart lad. Um. He so, used Google Translate. <laughs> Von Kozel left Key West in 1944 and moved back to Zyphus Hill, living out the rest of his days near his first wife, Doris, who was probably like, Carl, where the fuck have you been, Carl? <laughs> you were um, supposed to bring milk back like 12 years ago. He was like sharing his tale with like visitors. Oh. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well. So you don't know how to get to the gas station from here or <laughs> <laughs> shortly after uh, Von Kozel left the town, 
There was a mysterious explosion at Elena's old grave. Um, perhaps her spirit breaking free, but more likely Von Causel's way of showing Key West the true meaning of the crime for which he was tried. What was that? What's the true meaning of the crime? Like this would he took my Elena. And now I'm going to take your I'm going to mildly inconvenience your groundsman. <laughs> In the epilogue of the book, um, it says, In 1972, one of the doctors who examined Elena's body revealed that the Count had inserted a paper tube in her vagina, uh, vaginal area that allowed intercourse, indicating that he had consummated his post-mortem marriage. Um, and then Carl Tanzler would die, um, or he was found dead July 3rd, 1952. Beside him was a, a life-sized replica of Elena Hoyos. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I had no idea the tube was made of paper. Yeeks. You know, they say love hurts. Love hurts. He's like, I don't know what it is about Carl, but he don't come out in the daytime and he buys a lot of Neosporin. Oh, God. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, God. That's three foul things I've said this episode. It's a foul episode. Yeah, it's pretty foul. I hope this episode was at least a little bit interesting. It got a little... Uh... <laughs> I think it was interesting. Um, I feel like there was a focus, more of a focus on things that we didn't necessarily know in the last episode. And then the information from the last episode was just kind of summarized, which was cool. I think that's a good way to do like a, um, you know, like a repeat episode. Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's how I feel. Anyway. If you hated this episode, don't tell me. If you hated this episode, you didn't hate it. Come on. If you've listened to every other episode, there's no way you hated this episode. Don't tell me. Okay. But if you have nice things to say, you, you can, can say them at. You can give us a rating on iTunes uh, and like a review. You can just rate us on Spotify. And you can find the links to all those things at www.ouroddpodpodcast.com or at linktr.ee slash OOPP. Um, we haven't said this in a while, but you can actually email us at ouroddemail at gmail.com. Pretty yeah, much. you can. Yep. Uh, yeah. And that's all I have. And if we're smart, we'll start pre-recording these things so they're not on the spot. Yeah, that's true. We do need to pre-record it. But for now, you got anything else? I've got nothing else. All right. Well, as always, we we are are the the Boneses Boneses and we are out. out.